Hey, yes, Jesuits, if you love listening to the podcast as much as we love making it, we'd like to ask you to support the show however you can. We have launched a Buy Me a Coffee page where you can make a one-time contribution to keep the show running. And if you really, really, really love us, please consider becoming a monthly sponsor. Links to Buy Me a Coffee and becoming a monthly sponsor are in our show notes and on our website, yesjesuspod.com. If you can't donate right now, please, please consider leaving us a review on Apple and Spotify podcasts, following us on social media, and sharing us with a friend. All of these things help us to bring you new episodes. So, to all the zaddies and mama bears and everyone out there who already subscribes and support us, thank you so much. We seriously could not do this without you. And now, without further ado, on to the show. Welcome to Yas Jesus. We aren't spiritual leaders. We aren't theologians. Or prophets. Or even really that sure of what we're doing. We're just two lost sinners who love the Lord and want to open up his grace to other people who are on this journey alongside us. This isn't a tutorial on how to be Christian, but rather an exploration on what that actually means. In a safe space. Thank you, and God bless. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Yas Jesus! A non-slut-shaming, sex-positive, queer look at theology and Christianity through the eyes of a rainbow lens. So join us and find out what we find out on Yes, Jesus! Hello, kings and queens and in-betweens, sinners, saints, and I don't know if I ams or ain'ts. Welcome to Yes, Jesus! I'm your host, Daniel Francesi. And I'm Azariah Southworth, and we are a faith and LGBTQ-affirming show that believes more than ever, God is not a mean girl. Ain't that the truth? And we have a great guest for you today on today's show, my mean girl co-star, Jonathan Bennett. But before we get to that, We got some prayer and praise reports. This one is from Mark Sanchez asking that the Catholic Church will learn to love and understand their LGBTQIA brothers and sisters. Oh, it's a long con. We've been waiting on that That one. That is a long road that we are walking, but we are praying, we are interceding, believing that God will move their hearts. My parents grew up Catholic. I didn't grow up Catholic, but a lot of people that... uh, I know that grew up Catholic that are no longer practicing flinch when you say Catholic. They like raise their hand, <laughs> kind of like, hung da- like hunger down. I heard a lot about nuns banking people. I don't know the whole drill. But if you're Catholic and you want to come on the show and you're gay and you still love Jesus, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. And you got a praise report. Yes, I do have a praise report. My newborn nephew was born with a fever and everyone was already had meningitis and he was going to have to have a spinal tap. And oh, it was just super panicky for my entire family and very stressful, especially amidst all that is going on. But he is home and happy and healthy. Praise God. That's great. Okay, so this is my good Judy, my good friend who I know for so many years now, who starred with me alongside, you know, in my big diamond Mean Girls. Uh, <laughs> um, the beautiful, the handsome, the incredible, the kind, Jonathan Bennett. Yay! Pew, 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 pew! Cue the reggae horn. Wait, I love, first of all, I've never felt older because I had half the words you use just now, I don't even know. That's like, I'm I'm so old. I'm like, what's this? What's a diet? A di- what, you, what's your stand? Do you stand someone? Oh, I, no, I no, no. Diamond know. is not a slang word that people use. I just think that Mean Girls is my diamond out of Ugh. all of the things that I've done. And every time I yes. do something that has to do with it, I take a chip off it. You know? Yes, Jesus. Yes, so yes, That's yes, how I always Jesus. see it. But you share that diamond with me. 
Yeah, we do. We share that 14 karat diamond. You know, I, this is, I'm really glad to have you on the show today because, well, I adore you. But besides that, I have known you for how long now? One million years. 16 years. <laughs> and One I million. don't really know your origin story. Like, the earliest that I know about you is that you worked at Universal Studios singing the Nickelodeon song with like four other people in like a fake boy band. Am I right? Um, Correct. Yes, you did. And right I off did. the bat. Um, because I'm, you know, because uh, Jonathan is a, a puppy, but also a monkey, and if you ask him <laughs> to dance, he will dance. Um, no, for for a nickel or a free <laughs> sponsored post, for, yeah, just uh-huh. like a licorice whip. <laughs> yeah. But then I would also do the voice of like the announcements at certain things, like the parks and stuff. So I'd be like, "Ladies and gentlemen, in just 15 minutes, Paramount's Kings Island will probably present a fireworks spectacular." <laughs> like, oh my I god, would, I live. Like you'd walk in, you'd hear me like, "Hello." The park will be closing in 15 minutes. Please make your way to the exit. And as always, thank you for, you know, know, it was like all that stuff. That was my like first OG professional job. I know the one Nickelodeon song. That oh, Condolota Pivlup, Nick Nick, Condolota Pivlup, Nick Nick, Condolota I have no idea what these songs are. I was too busy. You wouldn't get it. 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 You know, you know, but but do you know this song? Praise the Lord, let every nation rejoice. Ariana Grande? No, what is that? So that, yeah, that's my OG days. Like back in the day, I was like a theme park performer and I was like living my best life in sin. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> living my best life. I was 18. I was in between freshman and sophomore years of college. No, I was 19. And I was like, that was my first like professional gig, like well, going go before, to the theme park. Let's go before that even. because I don't Oh, before know. that? Well, I grew up in from? Ohio. I'm, okay, so I grew up in a small town <laughs> called Rossford, Ohio. Go Bulldogs. It's right outside of Toledo. It's a great place to be from. Um, that's what I always say. It's, you know, the kind, I mean, it was like Mayberry. And um, grew up there and, you know, my lived in a cul-de-sac. My mom used to like walk the cul-de-sac with her friends, Patty, Kathy, and Sandy. And they would wear their visors and they would carry soup cans and use them as weights and oh. they would like walk the cul-de-sac for an hour and like talk with visors on. Do they use saran wrap around their thighs? I knew a lady oh, that did that. Oh, all of it. Yeah. Well, what they would do is they'd walk to the local thing called Mr. Freeze and get ice cream sundae and then walk back. And I'm like defeating the purpose, but whatever. Even back then, I was like, those are carbs. Those are bad. Yeah, so I grew up in Ohio, small town. Grew up total like theater nerd in the community, the theater was like the secret thing because like our sports teams were awful. We were still theater nerds. We were still like, you know, picked on and bullied like crazy and just awfully, awfully treated. I was just like this buck tooth, like big eyed, nerdy, nerdy, like not even nerdy, just like I was me, but like going through puberty. So it was like worse. So it was just like puppy going through puberty. It's like, ah, ah, like just obnoxious. <laughs> and I would get bullied all the time, but like, our theater company won all the trophies because we were good. We were really good. And so we would go and win all these things. And then the jocks would pick on us and we're like, Oh really? How many trophies did you get this year? Okay, great. Thanks. And then we'd like move on. Like we were like, like, (laughs) we're like, we were nerds, but we were cool nerds. Did you go, did you go to church? Yes. I went to a Methodist church growing up and I went there because that's where my parent, you know, Catholic, I think it's Catholic light and uh, grew up <laughs> doing that and was like teen church boy, like in my high school, like all of our friends were all went to the same church and we would have like, you know, like the team meets and we'd go on 
camping and we'd have big fundraisers and big things where you would stay over at the church overnight, you know, raise money for whatever. And I grew up really active in my church. And as a very a big part of that, like Midwestern community life or like the sports. The thing oh, the church. hundred. I mean, we were Friday night lights, hundred percent. Yeah. You know, meeting you when we were in our fast 20s, I don't think either of us shared our relationship with God or whatever at that point. But seeing Mm -hmm. you now, you post a lot of stuff that I find is very deep and very Mm -hmm. connected and very centered in Christ. And I'm curious as to what that journey was like for you dealing with both being gay and then getting to where you are today. So my relationship with God and with Christ has been pretty much the same my whole life, which is strange, I think, for some people. It's it's only grown over time, but it's always been there. Mm-hmm. And when I lost both my parents is when, you know, you have that come to Jesus moment. And you literally come to Jesus and you just have to say those four little words. I trust you, Jesus. I trust you. And And that's the hardest thing, yet the easiest thing to do, right? That's what we all struggle with. And is it enough to just put all of our faith in him? And when you realize that it is, your your whole life changes. Mm -hmm. Um, But as far as growing up and like being gay, I never thought it was an issue, nor did I ever have an issue with it. As far as like, oh, you know, I, I heard other people say like gays, you know, I mean, I obviously know all that's going on in the world where, you know, gays and all the damnation that is put on them by other people and other pastors and other churches, not God, other churches and Mm -hmm. other people, not God, um, are putting that on them. And I always kind of look at that. I was like, oh, that sucks. Like, that's not good. But I never had a problem with it because Jesus has always been my homeboy. Like, I've always felt connected to God from a very early age. I always felt like we were bros. Like, we hung out all the time. I could feel him. I could listen to what he was trying to tell me. Like, I've always been close with him. So when all these people are coming at people saying, you know, all the fire and brimstone against the gays, I'm like, oh, you don't have Jesus in your heart. And it's literally just like, oh, I feel bad for them because I feel so connected that I'm like, you're the ones that aren't connected. And then I automatically feel bad for them. We always joke about it. You know, there's the funny saying people, I'll pray for you. But like, I really will. I'll pray for you. Like, you're the ones that don't have Jesus in your heart. That's how I've always felt. So I never had that thing of, I wasn't connected. The only time it happened when I felt uncomfortable in a church for being gay happened one time and it was in my mom went from the Methodist church when she got sick to like the mega church where it's like, you know, we're cool. We have a fog machine and a, and a drummer. What's up guys? Yeah. This is cool. Right. So yeah. I like, she would go to the church, which is great. And it was fun. And I liked it. And it was a great time. We had fun there and it was a lot of, it was a good thing for her while she was sick. So I would go with her and I was in the gift shop. Cause you know, they have like a gift shop. They're like, you can buy the blood of Christ for 1999. Like it's <laughs> all in like one. I'm like, this is, I mean, this is marketing at its best here guys. And I'm looking at it and I, and I go, I, I look in the book section and I see one that says homosexuality. Like there's a whole section on it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, fierce work. And I like walk over and I'm like, oh, good. What's this going to be? I'm like, is it going to be like, what's it going to be? And I open and I look at the books and it's like, how to deal with it? How to deal? I'm like, and it was all, you know, books that are negative about it. And I'm thinking, what do you mean how to deal with it? Like, 
that doesn't even make sense. You know what I mean? It just didn't ever occur to me. And I was like, oh, oh my God, this church would probably be against it if I were to ask someone. I just never asked anyone there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, but then the books I read, I'm like, well, if they're selling the books, that's what they believe. And I was like, ooh, and that's the first time I felt uncomfortable in a church environment. So for me, it was a real awakening moment when I saw those books and I realized, well, this is still a thing. This is where we are. And, you know, I know some churches in the South, you know, the fire and brimstone that they're raining down on you is absolutely crazy. And it's, it boils down to two, like one thing, which is there's two ways that you live your life. And that is either in love or in fear. Mm-hmm. And that, and every choice you make, every, everything you do is either a choice towards love or a choice towards fear and which one grows, whichever one you feed. Right. Mm-hmm. So like the, the brimstone that they bring down in some of these different churches towards the gays, it's all fear-based, right? Because they, they need to be right. They need to have something to say. They need to feel like they have control and they have power. And I just look at them and go, bless your heart. You have no power. You have no control. It is all up to God. It's not you. It, but oh, it's very cute that you think that and want to use fear to then try to affect my relationship but you're not going to do that because if you were to react based on love versus fear, you wouldn't be saying and doing the things you're saying right now. You're, these are all fear-based decisions and fear-based actions. They're not love-based. And it's as simple as that. I find interesting about your story, you going into the bookstore and seeing the books about homosexuality, and that's how mm-hmm. you learned how the church was not very friendly towards LGBTQ people. Like, right. It used to be very overt. Like Preachers used to go up and, you know, from the pulpit, mm-hmm. condemn LGBTQ right. people, and, and still some churches do that today. But a lot of churches, specifically the Southern Baptist Convention, has gone covert, right? So they will give their churches a whole different name that has nothing to do with the Southern Baptist Convention, and they will also make it seem like LGBTQ people are welcome. They won't have any books in their little bookstore where you get your free coffee upon your first visit, you know. Oh, um, love a good free coffee. They, yeah. won't, <laughs> they won't have any books that, you know, are condemning LGBTQ people. However, in their policies, in their church policies, they still do. And I think that's scarier today because so many LGBTQ kids um, – are in these churches still, or um, for those who have finally done the work of reconciling their faith and sexuality, they're going back into the church and not knowing that these spaces are not safe for them. That these mm-hmm. people, you know, if you stay there long enough, they are going to um, recommend that you go to conversion therapy. They're going to deny you positions of leadership within the church. I have no question around that, but I was just more of an observation about you talking mm-hmm. about the bookstore and the books that you find. And, um, well, you know, and I think that goes back to that goes back to my whole thing that I've always felt when I, I've always felt close, really close to God and close to Jesus. And literally, when I say he's my homeboy, like he really is, mm-hmm. like I feel connected to him. And so, when you see all these different priests and pastors and preachers and you know all the different leaders that are out there in the churches, you know, it just baffles me because I'm like, you're not God. What? What? Mm-hmm. It's almost like the Wizard of Oz, like, poof, be gone. You have no power here. Like, it's laughable. I laugh in their faces. Like, oh, that's cute that you think that, but poof, be gone before someone drops a house on your sister. Like, it's just not right. Like, they're not, their job is not to judge. Only God can judge me. Only, only Jesus and God know everything about you and know what you're going to do before you do it and guide you on a path through, throughout your whole life. Not, not these 
assholes that are, you know, trying to make you feel bad about who you are. Absolutely not. That's not who you are. And that's not, it's just not true what they're saying. You know, it's interesting. Your other half, James, um, is mm-hmm. also a Christian, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you think you grew stronger in a, in a relationship with someone who also uh, is dedicated? How did, how did you I know? mean, absolutely. Uh, couples that pray together, stay together, and <laughs> me, read those bumper stickers. Um, <laughs> they, they really do. You know, we pray not every day together, but there are days like the other when something happens or we feel like we need to or something's going on in someone's life. We're just like, let's pray. And we just go right into it. And it definitely helps you make decisions too based on life. And I think in our relationship, a thing that we've really practiced that really works for us, and especially for me, is, you know, I trust you, Jesus. Those four words, I trust you, Jesus. Like whenever there's anything in your life, in your any type of relationship, whether it be someone that you're dating or married to or just a friend or a colleague or anyone, if there's something funky and you just don't know how to do it and you just don't know the right answer, that's okay. You don't need to. You don't need to know the right answer. All you have to do is trust Jesus. That's all you got to do. You just have to say, I trust you, Jesus. You seem to be working in a place of your life right now for clarity. I mean, you and James are both sober. You're in this community relationship. You're like concentrating on God, concentrating on your business, building out your business, doing new things like your cookbook, uh, the Burn Cookbook, doing new things like your YouTube channel, Mm -hmm. um, branching out. Like I I see you really blossoming. Thank you. Thank you. And do you attribute that to that lifestyle? That A hundred percent. Healthy relationship with God. If like... Once you get right with God, your whole, you, you know, it's like, it's so simple, get right with God and your whole life changes, but it does because maybe things might not change immediately and maybe things in your life might not change. It's just your perception of them change too. in a lot of ways, right? Like when you get right with God, he doesn't come down and, you know, do like what Britta did during a lip sync and throw, you know, a firework in your face and you go, yes, I get it. No, it happens gradually over time. And what it does is it strips down your resistance to what your life is and what the potential of your life can be. I remember you did a beautiful thing when your father passed away in in regards to tipping. Tell us about that. Oh, great. So my dad was an ER doctor and he passed away of brain cancer. And we did this really cool thing where in lieu of flowers, because he was always a huge person and taking care of his whole thing. He'd say, John, take care of the people that take care of you. Right. He goes, those are the people you need to take care of, not, you know, that's who you need to be paying attention to. Like waiters, waitresses, you know, anyone like that in the service industry that are always taking care of you. Those are the people that a usually need it the most and appreciate it the most. So we asked everyone to basically tip what you would spend on flowers to you know, a waiter or waitress that you feel needs it. Right. And you'll just know in your heart, you're like, this, this person needs it. So all of a sudden, all of our friends and family and everyone would, you'd get all these text messages and Facebook posts of like, you know, a $39 dinner with a hundred dollar tip. And, and you, and you just give it to them and you just leave. And then you get to, you get to watch their reaction when you leave and then look at it. And a lot of times the, they break down and cry just cause you just, they needed that blessing that day. They just needed that blessing for some reason. And I don't know why they needed it. You just know when you know, you know, you're in that moment, you're like, it's her, she needs it. And you can just tell because you're connected and you can feel it. But what was really cool about my dad that I love to talk about, and if you don't have this book, go get this book. It is the best book you will ever buy. If you don't have it, you can't afford it, DM me. I will send you one. We have boxes of them. It is called Jesus Calling, 
So let me tell you the story of Jesus calling. When my dad was sick with brain cancer, before he got sick, he swore by this book. So much to the fact that he would put cases of the book in the back of his car. He would have boxes of them. And when he would run into someone, whether it be a cashier or someone, they might start talking because he was a very talkative guy. He talked to everyone. Everyone knew Dr. Bennett, you know, just like super friendly in the community. People just worshiped him. When he would run into someone that was having a rough day or have, you know, you could tell they needed some love. He'd be like, you know what? I have a book for you. And he'd run out to the car and he'd sign it to him. And it's a devotional. So each day there's a different thing to read. And Today's devotional is April 10th. For example, this is today's from Jesus Calling. Trust me in every detail of your life. Nothing is random in my kingdom. Everything that happens fits into the pattern for good to those who love me. Instead of trying to analyze the intricacies of the pattern, focus your energy on trusting me and thanking me at all times. Nothing is wasted when you walk close to me. Even your mistakes and sins can be recycled into something good through my transforming grace. I think that is so powerful, especially for LGBTQ people to hear something that could start out as a sin could end up being something as beautiful as what you and James have. Exactly. Well, that's the thing. So he, he gave this book out. And what, what happened is if you just read that every morning, it, it's almost like the book writes itself for you that day. It's like, is it magical? Like when I shut it, I'll wake up and I'll, I, I'll be feeling something and I'll read that. And it's exactly the, the, what you needed to hear that day. And you carry it with you through the day. So long story short, he would give these out to everyone. And so when his funeral happened, we said, let's buy a whole bunch of Jesus calling. So we bought a thousand of them and we brought them to the funeral. And we had like a table out in the hallway and we said, please take a Jesus calling on behalf of David, right? Blah, blah, blah. So we're sitting there and my brother comes up right before I go to give my eulogy. He goes, hey, no one's taking the Jesus callings. And I said, okay, cool. So I got up to do the eulogy and I said, hey, just so you know, you know, we have them out there. Um, no one's really taken them. So if you need one, you, you can go grab one, blah, blah, blah. He had a funeral of over 250 people were there. 250 people held up Jesus callings. They already had them from him. Mm. Oh. They had already received one. That's why no one was taking them. Oh man, that makes me want to cry. That's so sweet. And so they, we had them give them out to friends, take a few to give to people. So anyway, I carry those in the back of my trunk. Now, you know, that moment happens where you're the, you turn into your parents and now I have the Jesus calling in the back to give to people when they need it. And so many times it's helped. You know, I know Lacey Chabert got one from my dad, our friend Lacey from the movie Gretchen Wieners, and she has it and she reads it every day. And sometimes she'll send me you know, beautiful quotes from it or screenshots. It's like a book that I've been seeing you like take excerpts from and put on. Yep. Yep. And you can get it if you don't need the physical one. If you want a physical one, DM me. I will send you one. If you don't have a physical one, there's an app. It's a daily devotional. It's two paragraphs. You take it through, through your day. But anyway, getting back to what LGBT community and Christ and their relationship with God, no one's job on this earth is to judge anyone. That is not your job. It has never been your job. Your only job is to show up. You show up for people and you don't judge them. That's it. That's all we're supposed to do as Christians. That's it. And it's so simple. You just have to remember, don't judge, show up. That's all you have to do. Because it's not our job to judge what everyone's doing. Our job is to be there when people need us. And that's it. It's that simple. Wow, that's powerful. Jonathan, I love you. I love you. I'm so happy to have you on here. Um, yeah, it's great. We have just started and we're already getting such an amazing feedback from people who are who are listening and who need something like this. 
So it's really great that you're sharing that. Yeah, I, there's, a, there's a lot of people that have been reaching out to us that live in rural areas like you're from, that I'm from, um, that don't have an affirming church near them. Uh, so Jonathan, what kind of encouragement would you like to give to them? Hmm, I think I'm going to go back to what I said earlier, that, you know, the people that are running your church and that are in these churches that are anti-gay and hurting trying to hurt you with their words, they're the ones not connected to Jesus. And you really, as much as guess what, I want to be really mad at these people too when they're saying things. I want to, but I take that and I transform it into grace and say, accept the things you cannot change, the courage to change the things you can and the wisdom to know the difference, right? The serenity prayer, you have to turn back onto these people because the ones that are telling you that you're doing something wrong and that you're not worthy of God's love and that you're not accepted by God, they're the ones that don't have the relationship with him. So you need to pray for these people because they're the ones in trouble, not you. Would you uh, pray with us now? Yeah, let's go. Okay. Do you want to lead us? Sure. Absolutely. God, thank you so much for this amazing opportunity for us to be able to get on this podcast and spread your message to all the people that need to hear it today. And thank you. Thank you so much for my relationship with Daniel and our friendship over the years. And thank you so much for giving us this platform where we're able to help spread your message because that's that's what it's all about. It's about spreading your message. We are here to serve you. We are here to be your servants and to do what you need done through us. Thank you so much much to all the members of the community that are listening to this right now that need to hear it. Thank you for being able to spread your message to them so that way they can know that they are loved by you. They are loved by us, that they belong in your presence and in your grace, and that they have a spot for them in heaven waiting for them, that they have eternal love from you, God. Thank you so much for all that. We ask that you keep them safe. We ask that you you spread your love to them in times of need when they are when they are being ridiculed by different people in the community trying to make them feel less than we ask that you god go to them and spread your grace to them and spread your love and let them feel it give them armor to be stronger than than their fears stronger than anyone that they've ever encountered before we ask that you please Be with them every second of the day that they feel your love with them so they know that they are right, God, and that they are right to have a relationship with you and that they are deserving of a relationship with you. We ask that you please protect all the workers that are dealing with COVID and with all the different things that are going on right now in the world. We ask that you please go with these workers and and just protect them and protect their families and give them grace to know that they are loved and that they are doing your work and able to go out there and help the people that need help. We ask all this in your son's name. Amen. 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 Jonathan Bennett. Oh, I wish we I could hug you right like now. Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was so great. I think it's the first time you and I have ever prayed together. Oh. But it will not so, be the last. I am here let's go. on your prayer warrior let's team. Let's go. Um, let's this is so go. great. Jonathan, tell us, what do you got coming up? What do you got going on? I ain't got nothing, man. I'm sitting here doing some. I got. I'll be honest. I got. It was everything I was supposed to be shooting is not shooting right now. So I'm just sitting here praying and doing puzzles. Well, you got your quarantine coffee. Quarantine coffee, exactly. <laughs> Buy my Vern cookbook. It's really fun. Buy his cookbook. Um, Where's that? Yeah, available the book, at? cookbook's great. It's available anywhere books are sold. Amazon is the best place to get it. It's like sixteen dollars. Yeah, go to right Amazon. Now. Get yourself a copy of the Burn Cookbook and Jesus Calling. Burn Cookbook. If you need Jesus Calling, you know, remember this: two things. Fear is a liar, 
make every choice based in love, not based in fear. Fear is a liar. And remember that you're never too much and you're always enough. Come you're on. never too much and you're always Sometimes enough. Sometimes you're a little much. <laughs> <laughs> but you're not. When a moment when you think you're too much, you're not too much. You know why? Because God gave you that moment and you're doing you're you're able to be alive and breathe and have that moment because God gave you that. So you're never too much and you're always enough. That's the, the best word part. of the Lord from oh Pastor Jonathan. You're never thing. too much a, and you're always enough. Have you been on an elliptical this whole time? That's <laughs> no. I'm actually pacing around because I get so worked up to it. Just remember that you're never too much. You're always enough. And your job is not to judge. Your job is just to show up. So go show up for people. Show up and show off. Uh, Lisey Chabert and I were in a movie together before. Heard of her. Uh, yeah, before Mean Girls, we were in a movie together, and it was a Christian movie, and that was her line, and I say it all the time. She goes, dear Lord, now's your time to please show up and show off. Amen. <laughs> there you go. And I say it all the time. I'm like, Holy God shit. showed up and showed off, but nobody knows that it's a Lacey Chabert quote from Hometown Legend, the Jerry Jenkins. The Hometown movie. Legend? Yeah. <laughs> the Jerry Jenkins movie. That was me and Lacey Chabert in the year 2000. Show up and show off and don't dear ever Lord, be too much. I'm like, yeah, doing Lacey's accent. Dear Lord, please show up and show off. No, she would be like this. Dear Lord. Hi, it's me, Lacey. Um, <laughs> please show up and show off. If, it, if it's not too much trouble, if it's not too much trouble, if it's not too much trouble, if it's not too much trouble. If it's not too trouble, if you don't mind. <laughs> yeah, if you don't mind, it'd be really great. Thanks. Um, all right, I have to go. You Thanks. guys have fun. Let me let you let me go. Um, love you, thank love you so much, hope, I hope you guys win. <laughs> <laughs> love you so much, and we'll and take care. Thanks, Thanks guys. Oh, you guys, that was Jonathan Bennett, the actor from the movie Mean Girls and many other movies, as well as the host of Cake Wars and Cupcake Wars and Halloween Wars. And he's always at war with frosting. Thank you, Jonathan, <laughs> for your service. Um, <laughs> I appreciate you. This has been a great episode of Yash Jesus. And if you like Yash Jesus, you can follow us at Yash Jesus Pod on Instagram or Twitter. Or Facebook. Or Facebook. Or YouTube. And one last thing. If you want to find out if a church near you is affirming or if the church that you're going to is affirming, you can visit churchclarity.org to get that information today. So go to churchclarity.org and find out if your church is affirming. And let us know. We're here to call people out. We're here to like raise our voices. This is Yas Jesus Pod, and that's what it's for. I'm Daniel Francesi. And I'm Azariah Southworth. And this was Yas Jesus. Jesus. Keep praising the Lord, y'all. Amen.